You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 31 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. You're sounding very butch today. Oh, I've got a cold, I think. So. Oh, is yeah. that dusty? Yes, I've been in, you know, near Antarctica. Well, not quite. I've been in Tasmania and um, it's very, very cold in Tasmania and uh, I think I'm getting the beginnings of a cold, so bummer. I was checking out your Instagram feed before we came on to oh, just yeah. let you know how many amazing photos Val <laughs> was there. And um, yeah, <laughs> champagne. <laughs> then there was another shot of, oh, guess what? More champagne. I think it was a shot of a cat. Oh. And maybe you went to an art gallery and that was pretty much it. Oh, some ice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, that, and that was it. <laughs> Let me tell you why, because also we were hoping, because I have my, you know, 70 to 200 lens and I had ordered, uh, a, oh, what is it, 28 to 105 or, or something like that. And um, I was hoping, crossing my fingers, that it was going to arrive before going to Tasmania mm. because Tasmania is all about the landscape. Yeah. You know, because it's 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 stunning. It's like a bit like New Zealand. You kind of think you're in Middle Earth, or you certainly feel like you're in the Antarctica. Uh, and it didn't arrive, so bummer. Bummer. Mm. bummer. Next time you'll have to go back. Have you got it yet? It should have yes. been arrived yet. It's, yeah, it's twenty four to one hundred five. Yes, awesome. Just came in a couple of days ago. So all right. Yeah. So no excuses. No um, excuses for after we do this show, Val. Yep. You can get out with the. Uh, you got the perfect lens for what yes. we're going to. About. Excellent. I'm very excited about what we're going to talk about, which we'll uh, delve into very soon. But I believe you have uh, an interesting link for us because you have a sexy new what? <laughs> very sexy. And you can say it in your sexy, like you've got a cold now. <laughs> I got a new camera strap and it's beautiful. Uh, mm. it's, I, I uh, was just surfing for like I just didn't want to just have a generic camera setup so I found these guys called um couch uh coach guitar straps they actually make uh recycled they use like old vinyl car seats Mm. and things like that and they make um guitar and camera straps and mine's a red and white racy one Mm. very very cool so that's arrived i'll put a little link in the show notes just in case any of you also want to sexy up your camera Mm. because they've got some really real and i'm looking now and now i want do you 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 could like accessorize your camera strap and change with your outfit val yeah totally but you know have you ever put a camera strap on a camera 
well, in my life. Yeah. Yes. Why? Why? But you yeah. have because I reckon because I've done two now because I, I put one on, took it off. Yeah, you have to be uh, a member of Mensa, to <laughs> or it's a test. It's an IQ test mm. because I failed. <laughs> I failed the first few goes. It is it's hard. Tr- it's yeah. tr- it just mm. like why I don't understand why. They're like the way they are. We have to thread it in and, and loop it. What? Why can't it just be a click on? Is that not click, a sexy? Because, no, because the click ons are hopeless. They break. So you know what I had before? I had this one. What? I I was so frustrated and could not. I just I I could not understand it. Right? I tied them on with nano knots. <laughs> tied the camera straps on, but I got rid of that, and so now I've got these. They're very. Very cool. Very sexy. If you want to have a look at a photo that Jean has taken of her camera and yeah. her camera strap, yeah. it is in the show notes, which you'll find at GinaMalisha.com, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but we want to give a big shout out to Katrina Schubert. Katrina, thank you so much for leaving us a five-star rating on iTunes. And Katrina has said this podcast has everything. Great teaching, very easy to understand. All technical terms are thoroughly explained in Jean unique style fantastic format a conversation between friends makes it easy to listen to and very entertaining i have laughed out loud several times resources the show notes help cement the learning from each episode and provide lots of links to enhance your learning interactive the weekly hashtag gina challenge encourages us to get out shooting and practice and the opportunity to have your images critiqued by a master shows gina and valerie genuinely care about helping us improve just one warning, though, you may end up craving Nutella. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Thank you, Katrina. <laughs> Love it, Katrina. And thank you to everyone who has left us a review on rating on iTunes. We'd, we really appreciate it. And if you do have 30 seconds to do that for us, that would be so awesome because that really helps us in the ratings. But one of the things that Katrina mentioned was uh, the opportunity to have your photo critiqued. And this week... We have a photo from Brian Becknell and portraits of someone called Mark at the Lake Eola Park in downtown Orlando, Florida. So take it away, Gina. What has what kind of photos, what, what are the photos of and what are your comments on them? And, of course, if you want to see Brian's photos, do look at the show notes. Okay, so uh, Brian has sent in uh, three images of uh, their their corporate portraits of uh, Mark, and Mark is uh, dressed in a suit and uh, a nifty uh, bow tie as well with a, a matching uh, uh, handkerchief. And uh, the, the, there's three. The first one is actually inside, not not near a lake, or it might be the lake at, at night, Val. <laughs> so the first one's a corporate shot and he's taken that uh, I think it's a it, it, yeah it is it's a studio shot and uh, he's actually explained that uh, he's used uh, it flash and he's 70 to 200 for the studio shot and that's a portrait of uh, 
It's Mark, isn't it, that the yes. portrait's of? Yeah, Mark's <laughs> got his arms crossed mm-hmm. in front of him. And uh, it's kind of, I think he'd be, it looks like he's standing a kind of three quarters to, so it's like a headshot. Mm. And I have to say that at looking at all these shots, the thing that Brian, so like, like Brian is 95% of the way there with his photography because what he does so well is gets expression. Mm. Beautiful connection and expression mm. out of his sitters. So like the, uh, in every single shot, Mark looks really confident. He's engaged, and you look at the smile, yep. and it is a hundred percent real. It's it like a beautiful smile. He doesn't look awkward. He doesn't look uncomfortable. So, in terms of uh, pose, which is I think the hardest thing to do in mm-hmm. portrait photography, completely nailed it, Brian. Congratulations on that. Lighting, I th- I reckon you've done a really good job there too. Like the studio lighting, he's he's uh, he's got some fall off on one side of the face, so he's lit from. Uh, camera left to camera right. I actually light the other way around, and I think actually ninety percent of photographers uh, put their the the stronger light on uh, camera left, and then they have the shadow fall off camera right. I do I do it all the other way around. It's just something interesting that I notice. I don't know it makes a difference, but uh, lighting beautiful. Uh, Balance the lighting beautifully in his second studio shot where he's got uh, uh, the city as a, a backdrop which has been thrown out of focus. So he's done a superb job there. That, well, that's that, not a that's studio a, shot then. The, the second one, I reckon that's shot inside with the, the, with the uh, location in the background, Val. Oh, I see. Shot. Through a window. Through a window because you can okay. see the reflections. Yep, I'm yep, pretty yep. sure it is. Okay. Uh, but that's a classic uh, corporate portrait and um and very good bokeh good bokeh and uh perfect positioning of the body that that like that's it an is. a plus in itself that's that, that's an, an awesome awesome one that is perfect positioning of the body and then finally he's got a, a standing shot where i see that uh he's asked the uh mark to uh play with uh he's i think he's playing with his wedding ring or yes. pretending there's a ring on his little finger which is great and again uh feet positioning of feet is perfect and the, the angle is all great so great job now I've got to do I have to I have to um, uh, just do a little bit of critiquing don't I Val just to go to the next level to take these uh, along and then improve the first shot Brian where it's it is in a studio um, you've nailed it the only the only uh, suggestion I might have is the tilt of the head I would have had his head uh, uh, straight on. It just makes for a stronger portrait. And, um, yeah, so that's that's actually – and then the only other thing that m- maybe bothers me a titch in this portrait is the light coming from behind the head. Uh, I, I, I would have not had any at all or a bit more as, as a background light. Uh, but aside from that, that's all perfect. Uh, I've, I have nothing to improve on the middle one because it's just awesome. Great shot. And and the final shot where he's standing, I might I th- I just think the background's a little bit distracting. Like it just feels like there's too much going on. So I think the grass this- is like the the grass is kind of uneven. Yeah. And then you, I'm instead of being drawn to this great the the you know the the face. Strong. Uh, it's I kind of distracted by the grass which is in the foreground and it's all mm. it's quite uneven. So I think this was taken on the 50. I might have uh, actually pulled out the 70 to 200 for this one, uh, Brian, and then shot that at like 
2.8 or even full zoom and shoot it at 5.6, it would have thrown the background completely out of focus. Mm. And I uh, do love the pose. The pose is really strong. It's good. Really strong. And then from there, you could have done a bit of flow posing where he hands, hands on the ring and then maybe ask him to put hands in pockets and then go from there. But that, that's, that's it. And it's just like a couple of little tweaks. But well done. Congratulations. Yep. Great work. Well done, Brian. So if you would like your photo critiqued by Gina, then just email us, news at ginamilitia.com, and we'll uh, try and fit it in. So let's move on to our topic this week, which is something that, you know, sometimes I just get it right, but I have to say more often than not, I do, I try to achieve, uh, I try to achieve a good pick, but I just look at my shot and I look at reality and I just have not captured it. Every so often I happen to nail it and I just get so excited. I put it as my screensaver, as my yeah. desktop wallpaper and everything. And I'm talking about great sunsets. Yes. Now, I live in Sydney where sometimes – and now the sunsets from my balcony can – at home – can be spectacular. And also, you know, living in Melbourne, some of the sunsets there are absolutely divine. So he – the thing there's no lack of opportunity the you know some good some good raw material but so many times i try and just lacks that oomph it yeah. just doesn't look not only does it not look like what reality is it doesn't even come close so I don't know where I'm going wrong because when I do nail it I don't know why I've nailed it yeah 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 so where do we start all right. Well, well, this whole episode is uh, has been inspired by a letter I got by from Santi Lopez, who wrote in, and he he wanted to know um, uh, what do you recommend? Uh, what are the best settings for shooting sunsets for a, a wedding invitation that they want to do? So, and 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 what's the best way to do it? So, I thought I'd do a whole show on it, Val. Yeah, great. It's like, you know, it's a, a popular topic. Yeah, I want and, to know. The thing about sunsets and sunset photography, it's probably the biggest cliche in photography, yes. right? It's like it's it, everyone's taking – you go on holidays, what do you do? You take the sunset. But mm. there's something – like I am obsessed with mm. sunsets. You just mm. look at my Instagram feed. I, you know, I've been doing it for 25 more years. I'm still shooting sunsets. I'm watching them all the time, every day. If there's a great sunset happening – I want to photograph them. I can still remember all the really memorable ones, mm. you know. So it's it's something that when you get it right and you get that spectacular shot, it's a great memory and everybody loves it. And I think if I post a sunset shot, I'll get more feedback mm. from that because it, they're so – it's just the emotion that's attached to them, isn't oh, it, yeah. Val? It's, and it's just the colours. You know. And and yeah, you get some great ones up in Sydney. You're very very lucky. So um, so basically, I, I want to go through uh, what are the tricks uh, to know. How do you know you're going to get a specky sunset? Spectacular, mm, or is it? I don't know. <laughs> what are the tricks? And what are the best uh, settings to 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 get that uh, spectacular sunset to capture all the colours? Mm. And what's the bit best gear and accessories to use for that? Right. And then I want to go through uh, how do you shoot great portraits at with sunset? sunset in the background? Oh, okay. Yes. 
All right, so that's what I want to do. But I have to start off with, actually, I've got two quotes. Okay, yes. <laughs> for you. Yes. Who are they by? <laughs> so um, the first one, I don't know, but okay. it's, I stayed up all night to see where the sun went. Then it dawned on me. Oh, boom, tish, Gina. <laughs> Thank oh you very much. God. You've been a great audience. Good night. Mic drop. That's it. Show's over. <laughs> and okay. then this one is my absolute favourite quote mm-hmm. on sunsets, and it's even after all this time, the, the sun never says to the earth, you owe me. Look what happens with a love like that. It lights the whole sky. Huffies. I love that quote so much. I think I've put it under my, half my Instagram feed. So, um, all right. So, basically, how do you know when it's going to be a good sunset? Do you, do you know, Val? Do you, can you tell? Is there something, you know, you can feel it in your bones, as the old timers say? Yeah, well, I don't necessarily know when it's going to be a good sunset on my camera, but I do know that I can expect a good sunset when there's lots of pollution. Uh-huh. <laughs> because certainly when you're in Asia, some of the sunsets are indescribably amazing because of the pollution. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. I think the uh, all-time best sunset I ever saw in my life was going from uh, one island to another in the Philippines. Mm. I, there'd been a volcanic eruption earlier, mm. like uh, a few days before. There was a lot of uh, pollution in the air. And, oh, my God, Valerie, like blood red skies. I mm. Like... I, I was dumbfounded. Did, do you think I had a camera with me? Seriously? I oh, know. I didn't. How is that possible? Well, it was like this was uh, pre-digital, so the camera was packed. So we were on a boat, mm. like a little rope. Do you know those ones that you like, the little canoe things? Mm. That's how they got you to the other island. So, <laughs> And I had packed my camera away safely because I didn't want it to get wet. Oh, my God. Okay. So it's in my mind. It's an amazing sunset. I've got no record of it. Okay. <laughs> okay. You could be embellishing, but all right then. Go on. Probably not. No, it was probably really specky. I remember it. So there, there are a few things, some predictors that uh, that it might be a good sunset. And, and they are, like, aside from you, if there's pollution. So if a volcano has just erupted near you, <laughs> Yeah. Get your camera because chances are you're going to get really good sunsets yeah, for the that next. That happens every weeks. day. Well, we we get like when some when they erupt around us, like you know, uh, in, uh, in around Asia, we get this. We get the results of that. We get great sunsets afterwards yes. in Australia. So, so look out for that. The other ones that may be a bit easier to detect are if it's uh, generally if it's been raining all day. Mm. Um, you might get a good sunset. Clouds play a really important factor. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's cloud porn that you've got to look out for. So when you've got very sexy, sexy clouds in the sky, that's what can make or break Mm. a great sunset. And that's what's great. Like you can go back to the same – and there are people who who have set up websites where all they do – is photograph the same spot. I follow these people on Instagram. It's mm. the same spot every day at sunrise and sunset. Mm. And it, it's never the same ever. No. And so it's the clouds or there might be birds in the sky 
or there might be like the, the, the shape is always different and the angle of the sun, Val, also affects the kind of sunset you'll get. Yep. And another really good thing to look out for is if you've got a break in the clouds just above the water in the west mm. as the sun's setting, that's going to give you a really spectacular sunset. So if you see that happening, grab your camera and run because mm-hmm. it's going to get recorded. Some people say if the, the um, clean air also gives you a good sunset, but then you you hear that it's pollution. So it's a bit of both. Mm. And there's a bit of a who knows because you could have like today I'm looking out my window and it's completely grey and you can't can't see any sky at all. And um it could it could fizz, but there might be a break in the clouds and might get a, a, a great uh, sunset. But one so, time that you know that you're not gonna get a fabulous sunset is when it's a clear day. Because there's no... Um, there's no cloud porn to re- for it to, you know, reflect on or to peek through. There's no character in the sky. But, Val, you can get some good colours after the sun's gone down. Okay. You know, so that's um, that's something to watch out for. And... All right, so... Sorry, I just had to get Gary's ball. <laughs> <laughs> It's stuck under and, my um, listeners, Gary is Gina's dog. <laughs> <laughs> she was getting the bo- his ball. It gets caught under the treadmill, Val. Oh, okay. Gary's yeah. ball gets caught under the treadmill. Yeah, yeah, but it's not on. The treadmill's not on at the okay. moment, so, oh. so it's all good. All right, so back to, back to, um, back to sunset. Yes. Uh, really good idea that if you're doing – you're setting up a, like a shoot – and it's not just you and the sunset and you've got other people uh, involved, mm. uh, it's always best to pre-plan. So I like to do weather checks mm. where, like, if we've got a professional shoot, we'll all, like, sort of call each other at, say, 3 o'clock in the, in the afternoon, and it's usually the photographer's job to make the call. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I've got it wrong a few times. Mm. And I remember there was one... Um, uh, I think it was about a year ago where at three o'clock I just went, I'm calling it. Nah, it's going to fizz. Like cancel the shoot. We'll do it. We'll do it another day. And then I had to sit there. So everyone's cancelled. Like there's five to ten people cancelled. Oh. I had to sit there for the rest of the day and watch what was probably the second best sunset I've ever, because the one in the Philippines was the best, second best sunset I've ever seen. And I just kept getting phone calls going, you idiot. I'm like, I'm so sorry. It was just so good. But how do you know? It can change so rapidly. Yeah, especially in Melbourne. In Melbourne. So the moral of the story is uh, be prepared, but I don't know. No, be prepared, but I don't know. And well, Gina lives in a city where there are four seasons in one day, whereas a little, yeah. it's a little bit more predictable in somewhere like Sydney. So depending on where you live, you might have a little bit more clarity and you'll have your own signs as to what might end up being a great sunset. But the bottom line is be prepared. So be prepared. speaking of being prepared, what is the best gear, like, you know, for to – in terms of getting a sunset, you know, what... Gear and settings, Val? Yeah. You know, like I always get, (coughs) excuse me, confused by ISO with sunsets, you know, because I don't really, you know, is it daylight, is it nighttime? Where where do we start on that one? So the biggest problem that happens when you're trying to shoot a sunset, and let's just, let's just, um, 
let's just talk about just shooting a straight sunset without anyone in it at this point. Yep. So you're on holiday, you've had a few pina coladas, yep. and then the sun's going, you're going, oh, my God, it's amazing, and you want to get what you see. Yes. The thing that happens is when you point your camera at the at the sky and try and get that sunset, especially when you've got the, the sun, like the that ball going down, you, you want to get that beautiful disc as well. Yes. You point your camera at that and so, again, this is Hans who has programmed the camera and, and, and Hans has programmed the camera to see when there's something really bright in the sky. Mm. Uh, it depends on where it, it just – he didn't design the cameras to photograph. He never even thought about sunsets. Mm. It's like it wasn't even on the list. So the camera often gets really confused as mm. to what to shoot at. And so what happens is you generally get like really overexposed. Like you get, you get this horrible hole. What happens when you shoot a sunset, Val? What do you get? You get like washed out colours? Washed out. Mm. Yeah. Mainly when but, it's disappointing, yeah. So you just get this big hole where the sun is in the sky, like a big white spot, hot spot, and the, mm. and you're not, and you don't get anywhere near the beautiful reds that you see no. online. All the professional photographers. So there is there is a technique to do it. So I've I've and and this is all in the show notes, and you can actually um you know maybe just take it and um, copy and paste it and make it into a little cheat sheet because mm. this will generally get you a, a really good sunset. So as a basic starting point. I recommend that you do shoot raw. Now, there's people who just aren't ready to embrace raw yet, but shoot raw and JPEG, mm. okay, um, and and maybe save the raws for later, but just have them there anyway. You'll need to shoot in manual mode because automatic's just not going to cut it. It's it, there's too much going on in the sun in the sky, and the camera just gets really confused. So the best settings to get a good sunset it needs to be manual mode. All right. Mm. Best ISO for a sunset is 100, lowest ISO so you get the most detail in your shot. Mm -hmm. And you want to be on manual focus. Now, uh, last week we were shooting, uh, talking about sharp, sharp shooting. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we talked about when there isn't a lot of contrast or we're shooting into really bright um, light, the, the autofocus, because mm. it's mm. got nothing to lock onto. Mm. So if you're just doing uh, a straight-up shot of uh, wa sand, water, say sand, water and sun or just a sunset over the city, or, or then there's nothing for the autofocus to lock onto. Mm -hmm. It's best to try and manually focus, and it also depends on on where you are. So if you're like, even if you're out in the country and there's just like grass, sky, sun, mm. it's going to be very hard to to know what to focus on. So if you but can, what, if you can so manually where, focus, what should you be focusing on? Should you be focusing on the horizon or a particular cloud that you can get a handle on, or hope there's a tree? What should you be focusing on? What what point? It depends Focusing on, on infinity? What, what? <laughs> so it depends on what you want your shot to look like, Val. Okay. So if you want to do that Ansel Adams type of landscape, yes. he was uh, a photographer who, like, his shots were super, super sharp all yes. the way through. Yes. Then you'll photograph, you'll, you'll, you'll focus uh, somewhere sort of near the middle of the of the okay. shot, okay. So it, it so it depends on where you are as well. Like I'll pick something on the horizon and and try and focus on that, or something in the foreground mm. and try and focus on that. So if I'm using uh, a, a very um, long depth of field like f sixteen, mm -hmm. 
then you, your shot's going to be sharp all the way through. Yes. All right. So um, if, if you've got something in the frame that you can lock onto, then you could, probably could shoot um, autofocus and you got, you, you, you're able to, to lock on. But if it's just uh, sky and water, it's going to be really hard to get a good lock on. So you might want to go to manual focus. But even if you are going to manual focus, if it's sky and water, let's say, should you be manually focusing on the horizon? So you or probably what? wouldn't want to be looking at the sun to try and get that sharp. You'd be yes. trying to find something in your frame that you can get in focus. So maybe the horizon so that you can see that that's sharp. Just look for something that you can see an edge to okay. know that's sharp mm -hmm. is generally what I do. Mm -hmm. All right. Yep. Um, all right. So shutter speed needs to be anywhere between a 30th of, the, of a second and mm. 30 seconds. Oh, so, my God. So yeah. tripod. Tri you need a tripod. You do need a tripod for this. Mm. If you want uh, – the, the reason you'd be shooting a long exposure of like um, – uh, 30 seconds around there is that that gives you that really beautiful silky so let's say I, whenever I think of sunsets I think of a, like a body of water the sun the sun's always setting over a body of water right so I'm just assuming with all these explanations that that's what we're talking about but it's not it's not always the case the sun could be setting behind a city sometimes yes but if you've got like a body of water that is setting over and you want to add like a little bit more interest to the shot, have you seen all those uh, landscapes where you see that beautiful silky looking water? Mm. Okay, that's done with a long shutter speed. Yep, yep. So like a, like a 30th of a second, and I'm going to talk about how to do, do that uh, in, in a tick. But um, so basically that's your shutter speed to, to, to go between like a 30th of a second will get you uh, a good shot. Okay. All right. And then you want a white balance uh, of uh, daylight. Now I, I set my white balance to 5200 and just leave it there. Okay, but a white balance of fifty two hundred will give you a a, a good um, a good sunset, and use a really stable tripod. Yeah. Okay, because and so we talked about that I think in last week's episode how to make the tripod more stable by adding weights to it if you've got a lightweight one, yeah. and uh, and so if you want to look at the show notes show notes for last week you can see all of that in there. Val, have you seen those shots where you see a really big sun in the sky? When you see a sunset, the sun is massive in the mm -hmm. sky. Yes, yes. And then you try and do it with your camera and you go, <laughs> why is my sun like a little dot? <laughs> yes. Okay. So if uh, the, 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 the lens that you use is going to affect the size of the sun in the frame. So if you pick a wide lens yes. and you shoot at 16, between 16 and up to 50 mil, yes. the sun's going to be really small in the frame. Of course, If you yes. want a Big sun, use a long lens. It's yeah. going to make the sun look bigger and it can make for some really cool shots. And there's people, there's guys out there that get 800 millimeter lenses and that's when you get those shots where the sun looks huge. It like fills the entire frame and you can, and it just looks so good. Mm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to get an 800 mil lens just yes, to do yes. these shots. So, and, and if you want to have a play and you really dig that sort of big sun in the frame shot, there's something you could get something called a, uh, a teleconverter valve where it's mm. just like an adapter that you put onto your 200 mil lens oh. to turn it into a 400 mil lens. Oh. And they're about $150. Really? Yes. Okay. 
Yeah. Great. Just for doing that sort of stuff. And yes. so but, um, the, you'll lose a little bit of quality in the lens. The, the um, autofocus will slow down a little bit. And I think you lose about a, a couple of stops, mm. one to two stops by, by adding it on. But if you're on tripod, it's, 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 it's worth thinking about. Yeah. Well, I need to get a grown-up tripod first before I... You do. You need yeah. to sell all those other yeah, ones. shitty ones, yeah. They're, okay. not, they're not great, Val. No, they're hopeless. Um, but good start. <laughs> good start. So, do you think I should get it on eBay or Gumtree or something or, or go to a grown-up shop? Your tripod? Yeah. So tri- nothing much goes wrong with a tripod, Val. Yeah, right. So you want to... Um, you could maybe get the sticks, mm. like the legs... Uh, on eBay, it's just to have a look. Um, not many people sell them. That's the yes. thing. But if you can find one, it'll be one that someone's bought and then realise that they'll never use it again. <laughs> okay, so, so go to a grown-up shop. All right. So <laughs> let, let, let's move on to yeah. What, so, so when you're shooting the sunset, what what makes it really interesting? Get down really low and shoot from a low angle rather than up high, and so you get those like lovely long sweeping. Um, uh, shots for sunset and it's always good to try and find something interesting in the foreground to photograph so again I'm thinking like uh, if if you're at the beach and you've got like lots of rocks in the yeah. foreground it, that looks amazing or a pier or something yeah right and then you've got the sun and then if you've got amazing clouds in the sky it's going to look awesome all right. Another thing to think about is rule of thirds. And do you know this is something that I've never been taught, I've never learned, and um, I just do it naturally, never realised. that Rule I was, of thirds? Yeah, the rule of thirds, oh, which yes. is basically so you want um, uh, two-thirds of your foreground to be in the shot and have mm-hmm. a third of sky mm-hmm. or have uh, two-thirds um, – sky and a third foreground it just looks visually better yes because it does look weird doesn't it when you shoot and it's 50 50 50 50 50 where it's 50 percent sky and 50 percent you know land kind of thing and if you're not getting it in camera it's something that you need to probably train and you get used to but if you're not getting it then you can go back and crop later in post and just uh fix it up and just visually it just and it really guides you in and through the frame so it makes Mm. things easier all right so um the other thing that uh, people f- forget to do is like they're watching, uh, photographing the sun setting and then once it's gone down, everyone packs up and goes home, <laughs> right? The good light happens actually after the sun has gone down. That's when all the really spectacular colours start to come come out. So sometimes it's worthwhile just hanging around and waiting and seeing what happens after that because you get that beautiful blood red sky. That's mm. when the sun's actually gone down. So it's a good time to keep shooting, waiting for like if you're in a city at that time, wait for the city lights to come come on. Yep, beautiful. And you get beautiful shots then. So it's it's just worth I guess waiting. A little bit and see what you can get. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, in terms of, so that was Gary just you know throwing a tantrum. Everybody, no, he knocked over. He knocked over the guitar case. Oh no. Um, okay. All right. So <laughs> we we underexpose. Yes. By a couple of stops, that's going to give you uh, a oh. nice rich. That's going to give you all the beautiful uh, colours. So basically. Uh, Take a reading 
with your camera. So you point your camera at the sky and you want to get your um, uh, pointer on the, on the, on the um, light meter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm half distracted. <laughs> yes, you want to use your light meter and underexpose by two stops. Underexpose by two and stops. And basically let the shutter, do, shutter speed do the work. Well, this is what I do is I ride the shutter in this What's case. What's that mean? Which is similar to what I do with my cars. All my cars, I ride the clutch until they wear out, I'm apparently, I'm told. So you can do the same with your shutter okay. speed. So just basically hand on the shutter and, um, and uh, go uh, faster and see what it looks like. It's right. Kind of, but there's a bit of chimping involved in the sunset. Okay. Because it's yep. going to be different light every time. There's going to be clouds that affects how much is the light is bouncing around. So it's not it's not an exact science. So basically, so try time... try a variety of shutter speeds until you get the one that looks best. Exactly, ride okay. the shutter and just keep checking. And it's a good idea to bracket. So you might take a number of shots, some um, with the shutter speed a little bit faster, mm. some with a little bit slower, so that you can get a, a variety of exposures. And then, because it, it's really hard to see what you're doing when the sun's setting, because you're looking into the sun and then you're trying to see the back of the camera and you're half blinded, Val. Mm, mm, mm. So, and, and, and there's so much light going around that you can't actually see until you get it back uh, home and onto your computer and then you know you know exactly what you've got. So so it's not an exact science, but, but that's I have basically a how it's done. Yes. So when you're using your light meter and then seeing what it says and then un, uh, under-exposing by two stops, yep. where in the sky are you – there's so much choice. Where in the sky are you pointing the main part of the light meter? Are you Because obviously you do it in the middle of the sun. It's yeah, I'm trying the, to get it into the hottest spot. Of you know. the sun? Yeah, yeah, so around there to really? try. And, yeah, yeah. So and then and then oh. play around because I don't want that um, bright hot spot in the sky. I don't want that big hole of nothing. Yeah, yes, you know. Yes. So um, okay. So we have Gary. He's part of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he doesn't like the hot spot either. Sorry. He's lost the ball. He's lost the ball. <laughs> All right. So. Thank you for um, understanding that Gary's just being particularly active today. And uh, Gina, do you want to go find Gary's ball while I um, yeah. continue talking to everybody? Yeah. So <laughs> if you are taking photos of sunsets, uh, well, I hope you're taking a photos of sunsets because I can probably, you know, be fairly confident in saying that this week's hashtag Gina challenge is going to be sunsets. So... Please do upload your photos of your sunsets. We would love to see them. Now, depending on where you live in the world, this is going to be fascinating because, you know, sometimes the sun sets over water, sometimes it sets over mountains, it sets over cities, it sets over, you know, prairies, wherever it is that you live. So we would love to see sunsets in your area. So definitely hashtag Gina Challenge is on sunsets. All right, so we look forward to checking out your sunsets and make sure you upload them onto Instagram with hashtag Gina Challenge or, or Twitter or, or Google Plus um, on the group called, on the community called So You Want to Be a Photographer. But I, I will segue, and I believe Gina's back with us now. You're, you're uh -huh, back, Gina? Back, yeah. Yes. I will um, uh, 
have a little interlude here about um, the Google Plus group. Many of you know that we have a Google Plus group for So You Want to Be a Photographer, but we would love your opinion. We asked for your opinion last week. We got some feedback. We'd love more feedback um, from those of you who haven't uh, tweeted us or, or messaged us. Um, and the feedback we would love to, to find out is whether you would like it if we would move this to a Facebook group because it's just a lot easier to use Facebook and, um, you know, potentially uh, it might suit this community a bit more. So please do let us know on um, Twitter or on social media or email news at com to let us know or you can tweet at Gina Militia or at mm. Valerie Koo. But back to sunsets, Gina. Awesome, yeah. So um, uh, the other thing to do, so bracket, and uh, the other thing to do is uh, use, there's filters, Val, that you can use to actually help with your exposure. So there's um, neutral density filters because what, what happens is sometimes you've got the sky that's really, really bright lit up but then you've got the foreground like a beach or something in the foreground a pier some rocks that are going to be underexposed so so how do you get you can either have something that's halfway that's going to look meh wishy-washy or you get the specky sun clouds everything amazing and then this black um, mm. dark uh, foreground. So what you can do is you can use a, a neutral density filter which basically allows you to uh, expose uh, for, the, for the sky and, uh, and have the foreground properly exposed as well. So you get to balance uh, out. And so a little uh, hack, a little MacGyver hack if you don't have, because they're a little bit expensive, is uh, I've got a couple of MacGyver hacks actually. Uh, you, if you want to do those really long 30-second exposures and you don't want to buy a 10-stop neutral density filter, you can use a sheet of welding glass instead. How? Okay, because that's exactly what it is. It's just not um, as Where do, where do you uh, buy sexy. welding glass? Uh, from the hardware store. And what do you do with it? So you put it in front of the lens with some gaffer tape. It never looks very sexy, <laughs> but it does, it works. The, okay. the, 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 the only thing that happens is because it's like not um, super coated photographic sexy glass is it's going to have a really green tint to it. But if you knock it back to black and white, um, you're going to get that that beautiful, uh, you know, silky water effect. What you do when, what happens when you do a 30 second exposure? Because basically, it's knocking back your exposure by 10 stops. Right. Okay. So um, give that little hack a go. I'm sure there'll be people who have done it um, uh, who who listen to the show. I bet okay. you earn money. Yeah. Awesome. So that and the other one, if if you want to mimic what a um, an ND filter does is uh, if you're uh, exposing, uh, so you've got a long exposure and you want to uh, um, knock back the sky a little bit, you don't want to overexpose your sky, but you want to have your foreground looking great, mm -hmm. right, is uh, just at, as halfway through the exposure, just whip your credit card out, Val, not, not to buy extra, well, you want to get a few extra pina coladas as you're going, but just sort of... Um, wave it halfway down the frame so that you're knocking back the exposure a bit. And it's the same wave as, it halfway down So the you put it in front of your uh, lens. Yes. Uh, so say you've got a shot of the beach, 
Yes. Okay. The horizon line for the sake of this uh, example, Val, yes. is in the middle of the frame. Yes. Okay. So the bottom half is sand. Yes. The top half is sky. Yes. Okay. And you're going to be shooting for 20 seconds. Yep. Okay. Because you want the water to be uh, silky over the rocks. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, if uh, the the sky gets the same exposure as the sand, the sky is going to be too bright. Yep, overexposed. So you don't want the shutter to be open as long. Yes. So the way, uh, what an ND filter does is it has half, it, you can get graduated ND filters yes. where they cover half the, the, the screen, half the, the lens is covered. And so that protects that from getting exposed as much. So you get those nice deep colours in the sky. So basically what you're doing with your credit card or a bit of card or, 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 or something is you're holding back that exposure over the top half of the lens. So actually hold the so credit cards over yeah, the put in, top in half front of the, of the Yeah, just like wiggle it in front of the lens for a little bit and for half the exposure so it's not getting – this is like something you've got What do you mean by wiggle test. it? Sort of just – But just move it a little bit so you don't, you, you don't end up getting the line of the, the credit, credit card, card in I the see. shot. Yep, got it. Got it? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Fascinating. Great credit card. card hack. Okay, love it. <laughs> um, there's also uh, exposure calculator apps that you can that you can buy to to work out what your exposure is. There's one called uh, Slow Shutter by Michael Wong that I've put in the show notes that I've actually just bought because it tells you uh, if you're knocking back your exposure by ten stops, what your shutter it, it works it all out for you. Right. What your shutter speed should be, which is like really, really, really handy. Right. Okay. Okay. So let's move on to um, when you shoot portraits with okay. great sunsets because that's something I don't do a lot of. I tend to, you know, see the great sunset and try to shoot the sunset, but I know you shoot a lot of portraits against great sunsets and I just haven't been able to do that. I do, so, and it's tricky. So that, mm. that's why I needed to just run through the like that. That's how you get your deep colours in your sunset. The, the, the examples that have with a portrait, it's um, it's tricky because you've got all of that bright light going on in the background, and essentially what you want to do um, is balance the light on the person in front of you with what's going on in the background and find a happy medium that, mm. that, that doesn't end up looking like you've dropped them into the background, which, which is what happens if you just use the flash on auto yeah. and just pop it in. Because the thing is, the flash is really white light, clean, yes. bright, and the background, the sun setting light is really warm and beautiful. So there are a few hacks that I like to do. And even if you are using flash on camera, there's a few things you can do just to make it look more natural. So the first thing I do is I take a shot exposing for the background. Okay, yes. so if you're standing there with the camera, you want to have your um, exposure sensor, the, the thing that, 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 that will focus for you and uh, takes a reading, uh, mm. the light meter reading, on the sky mm. so that you'll get a correct reading for what the background will be. Yep. Got, Got that? Yep. Okay. So, and then uh, th that's what your overall uh, shot's going to be. And then you're adding light into into the portrait, into the person's face, okay? Yep. And the trick is you don't want to go too bright at this point because you've got like a kind of a muted uh, situation happening. If they're lit too much, it's going to look ugh, 
Okay, so if the sun is still a little bit high in the sky, like above them, and it's it's setting, you can use um, you can afford to use a harder light. Like naked flash is going to work really well because you want to overpower the sun, and that's yep. all right in that. So you're matching hard light with hard light. Okay. But if the sun's sort of setting and it's really low in the sky and it's a very soft light, what you want to be trying to do is. Uh, is use a really soft light to light the person. So I like to put a, a little soft box on my on my flash. So if you're using a speed light or a pop-up, there's actually these modifiers you can get for pop-up flashes that will soften it. And there's also heaps of modifiers that we've talked about that you can put on your speed light just to soften the light. Yep. With flash, the bigger the size of the flash, the bigger the, the, the modifier, the softer the light. So if you want a really nice soft light, sure. get a nice big modifier. It doesn't have to be – it's hard at the if you're at the beach, it might be windy, so that's difficult, but, but try and add something to, to the camera. The ideal um, is to have your flash uh, underexposed by one stop. So if it's a pop-up flash and you can get into your camera settings – Try and um, override the, the, the straight flash and, and reduce the power by one stop. And, th and there are settings that you can do where you can lower the flash's power, but you've got to read the manual for what your particular flash. And if you want so more you details on using modifiers with flash, do check out episodes 14 and 22. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're both um, lots of detail on on how to shoot uh, with with flash off camera as well, yep. and balance um, balance uh, available uh, light with flash. So the the ideal way to take a portrait in this situation, if you want to light it, Val, is to get your you get your flash off camera, and and so I really recommend that you at this stage have one of those voice activated. Light stands, not as you refer to them as the walking tripod because that's something <laughs> else altogether and I don't know who you're hanging out with, <laughs> but they so, must be pretty happy with themselves. <laughs> so uh, if anyone is confused about a, what a voice-activated light stand is, it's when you have your friend hold the light and you say, hey, hold the light over there. <laughs> And can you move a little bit closer? They're amazing, <laughs> amazing, amazing developments. All right. Yeah, so technology is just astounding. Um, the thing that gives away uh, fuel flash uh, in a, sun, uh, a, a sunset situation is the colour. It's too bright and that's what makes it look wrong against the sky and, and a bit blur. So if you want to, which is a technical term, Val. Mm -hmm. Blur. Yeah. <laughs> The, the best way to, to um, correct this is to actually warm the flash up a little bit. And you can do that by adding uh, these little uh, cellophane gels that you can buy, uh, warming gels, and you put them over the flash and so that the light that's um, now being emitted is warmer and closer to what the light is that's actually yeah. occurring when the sun sets. Another MacGyver hack for you is, you, you know, um, uh, when you sometimes you get your flowers wrapped up in what else? Like gift wrap, it's cellophane yep. gift wrap. Just yep. use some of that, like an orange colour. Yep, okay. And mm. if you're even cheaper than that, next time you have a box of chocolates, <laughs> save the orange cellophane wrappers. Yes. And put one of those over. It'll 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 work just as well. Give yep. it a try. So that'll work if you've got one of those little pop up flashes. So give Except that a try. It'll probably That's going... be all crinkled. 
that's all right. Just sort of, you know, flatten it out on the table yeah, a little okay. bit, Val, and then put it on like that, okay? Right. Um, and a, a couple of other things to consider. Um, after the sun's gone down, that that's a beautiful time to just shoot without flash and just use that that the light is soft and warm and beautiful and everyone looks amazing in that light so just point the camera have the have the sun behind you and then shoot shoot your portraits that way rather than with any sunset happening you're just shooting using that beautiful sunset light because yeah. it's so got the, the sun gorgeous. is behind you the photographer yes and you're lighting everyone because it's a really soft, super soft light. Yeah, the other way I love to um, use the, the the sunset is I, I love a starburst bell. So, oh, yeah. Um, and, and you're so, into that at the moment? I'm so into that. So basically a starburst is uh, you'll get one if you have a really, really narrow depth of field. So you want to be shooting at about F18 or higher. If your camera goes higher, 22, some go higher. That's what you have your, your camera set at. And the other trick is you want to partially, and there's an example of this in the show notes if you want to have a look, partially block the sun by something. So if you're shooting a pier, try and line the, the sun up behind one of the, the bollards of the pier. If you're shooting a portrait of someone, I try and have the sun kind of um, peeking over their ear or uh, over their shoulder or like I, I do a lot of surfers with the starburst behind them. So I have the surfboard um, partially blocking some of the sun and then you'll get that beautiful starburst coming Bing. up over that. Bing! Yeah. Uh, this also works at night if, you, if you've got um, lots of little lights in the background and if you set your uh, depth of field uh, aperture to 18 or 22 or higher, you're going to get those little twinkling starbursts in the sky. And if you're not right? sure what we mean by starbursts, we'll put examples in the show notes. But it's that gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous little bing is what I yeah. call it. bing. <laughs> That's a technical term. And and finally, and my favourite way to shoot people at sunset, and I just think this looks so beautiful, is just to not even light them at all and just have them as a silhouette. So basically mm. use all those techniques that I've explained to get uh, the sky uh, looking rich and all the colours and correctly exposed. So you're under underexposing the sky by a, a couple of stops. And then what happens is anyone who's in the shot is going to be a silhouette. And so it, it looks in, incredible. So you can, you can have like uh, someone standing there as a silhouette, which, which is, again, is a beautiful way to take a portrait. Mm, okay. Cool. And the other thing, um, always uh, like look for the great clouds. But another thing that you can look for is like birds in the sky make for oh. a beautiful, um, they just really add another element uh, to, to a sunset. So if you can, you get some shots of uh, birds flying and they'll be silhouetted against the sky, it just adds another dimension. If you can get birds, clouds, silhouettes, and a starburst, <laughs> you win the lottery. Win! <laughs> if you get all of those, do let us know. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Thank you for that, Gina, because, you know, oh, yeah, I struggle with my sunsets, as I mentioned. <coughs> Excuse me. And, um, uh, I'm I'm going to be very interested to see the results of hashtag Gina Challenge this um this week so make sure you do use uh the theme of sunsets because mm. we can't wait to see all of your shots and creative let's see what you what you come up with yes mm. uh, but do let us know what you think about the idea of the facebook group and then we're going to make a decision uh the following week after we get all your feedback we've got quite a bit already 
Um, but uh, this brings us to the end of this week's episode. What are you doing for the next week, Gina? Well, there's uh, more riding. I've got a couple of shoots coming up. It's uh, it's it's very busy. It's very busy. And then then yes. I go to the uh, Google Plus page. You missed our party last week, Val. <laughs> when I was in Tasmania, we had a party in Google Plus, awesome. and Jan, Jan was on the bar. Jan from accounts. Oh, Jan from was- accounts. Yeah, there was a Nutella buffet there. Oh, awesome. So, so come over and, and say hello. In the I group. will. <laughs> I will. Well, I will be busy packing boxes because I'm yeah. moving house in a few days. Oh, my God. So there won't be a lot of camera activity this week, you know, because it's a bit of a stressful week, to be honest. Yeah. But um, we'll get there. But we'll look forward to chatting to you next week. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. Chat to you then. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.